I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I know we've all been on dates where you are on a date with someone, but then you're like, are you on a date with me? Because you're talking at me and not to me. Oh God, yeah. I can can definitely recall a few of those where I kind of find myself just sitting there thinking, am I even here? Am I existing? I had a date. Kind of recently where I was like, I'm going to do the two drink rule. This is like the new rule that I've learned from Dateable. Which is good. Yes. Agreed. Because sometimes people just are nervous at the beginning. Yeah. This guy did not ask me a single thing until we were ready to do a third drink. And at that point, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. No. Yeah. Like, it's really tough being on a date like that because 
it doesn't feel like a conversation. It just feels like someone wants to get their story out at you. Yes, it's very much one-sided. And it's. I feel like you and I are even more sensitive to it because when we interview guests for a podcast, we are the ones trying to get as much information yeah. as possible from them. So it is one-sided. So when you feel that way on a date, then, <laughs> then you feel like, wait, is this a podcast recording? Because this shouldn't be like this. Before we get to her story, I guess I should um, explain something to everyone. Have you heard the term mansplaining? Well, it's defined as the explanation of something by a man, typically to a woman, in a manner regarded as condescending or patronizing. Or another definition that was found was when a man condescendingly explains something to you in a manner that suggests you can't possibly know what he's talking about. <laughs> I think there's woman splaining too. Oh, yeah. It's just this idea of being on a date with someone who just constantly talks at you, who doesn't show interest or curiosity in who you are, who has a message they just want to get across, and you feel like you're just on a date with you're interchangeable. You could be right, anybody. Right. And they just want to talk to someone. They're on the stage, basically, performing. Yeah, yeah. They are performing. They have an agenda. Yeah. It's one of those things with dating. It's like, one of, you don't think of it as the bad date. Like, you think mm-hmm. of the horror date. Catfishing you. Yeah. Or, like, leaving in the middle of the date. Those are, like, the horror stories. Right. Yes. But I think, actually, like, some of the ones where you just feel, like, kind of disrespected, those actually are pretty bad, too. But I think there's always just a way to think about it. And I think with our guest today that we have, that Mindy, she kind of shared this as the mansplaining story. Mm-hmm. And it definitely was mansplaining in a sense. But I think to like what you just said, the term woman-splaining, mansplaining, whatever it is, is not overused, but it's kind of a catch-all mm-hmm. for a lot of things. Yeah, it's disrespect. <laughs> it's right. being a douchebag on a date. But you're right, Julie, it's, we don't get these stories all the time in our email inbox being a dating horror story no. because these are the dates you tend to just forget. You yeah. don't want to think about them. <laughs> you don't remember them. You probably don't even remember the conversation because it was just the conversation was so bad. But I'm glad. It wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a conversation. <laughs> it was a presentation. <laughs> PowerPoint, <laughs> Google Slides, everything. <laughs> that would be Amazing. Can someone please do that? Bring a PowerPoint presentation. Hey, nice to meet you. So this is me. And you whip out your slides. Starting with slide number one. What I'm looking for. (laughs) Here's my LinkedIn profile. This is my resume. Here are all the giffies to (laughs) demonstrate how I feel right now. Unfortunately, I can actually see someone doing that. But no, that's (laughs) not. ideas (laughs) in people's mind. (laughs) That is not the point of this episode. The point is the date should be a conversation, which means a back and forth, a discussion. Also, just that common curiosity and respect to learn about each other. Uh, Our guest today experienced something quite the opposite on a topic that really is calls for a lot of conversation and discussion. It's just so interesting that he had to only talk about his side. But what is 
so interesting is I bet you anything, Julie, that he walked away from this date thinking it was the best oh, date gosh. ever. I think everyone that has that one-sided, uh-huh. like the one, the date I had, like the guy was ready to go for round three. Like he definitely did not realize that like he hadn't asked me anything. And I think it's like, because we talk about this on the episode too, there's like a correlation of the amount you talk yeah. and you're heard versus like, yep that's how good you feel about a conversation. And that's why I think why people feel like these dates aren't good because they're not feeling heard. Yeah, they're not part of it. So it's the opposite. They're having the best date ever. (laughs) How can two people walk away feeling so different? Well, Mindy's here to tell us. She is, uh, she's been in San Francisco for eight years, originally from Orange County. She's 29 years old, single, actively going on dates with people who mansplain, Um, also hooking up and having fun. And not with people that mansplain. Not with people who mansplain. But I love her little two to three sentence summary of what her story or topic is about because we have all of our guests fill out a form and she said our topic is about homeless by choice phd mansplainer <laughs> just, that should just be PhD the title and mansplaining oh my god i love it i love it i think though like okay we can bitch about bad dates and i think the point of dateable is like how do we overcome this right yeah. because we can't control someone showing up and just spewing out their life story and resume but it's like how do you react to it so i think we got to some good ways to deal with the situation mm-hmm. in this episode so yeah. and maybe <laughs> this will be a good episode for all of you to recognize if you Oh, yeah. Are a mansplainer or woman-splainer You're yourself. a PhD in mansplaining. <laughs> you got it. that PhD? <laughs> right, you got that P- Or you just got a master's, huh? You're just still working on that PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor's, you're getting there. <laughs> we can go all day with We're all day, but we won't because Mindy is here to tell us her story. We've all experienced a little bit of mansplaining in our lives, but this is the focus of your story, Mindy, if, if I'm correct on that. Is that right? Um, yeah, definitely had a mansplainer. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this infamous date. So, um, you know, on Bumble, just kind of swiping left and right, run into this guy. He looks cute. Looks like we have a few like things in common. He, he lives in Berkeley. He's a PhD student. Great. Smart, intellectual I also went to Berkeley, so, you know, go Bears. So Ooh, we match. Go Bears, um, so did she. <laughs> so we match, and we're chatting a little bit. But in the back of my head, I'm like, well, is it going to work? You live in the East Bay. It's not really what long I'm looking distance. for. Long, long distance is really yeah. hard. It's <laughs> what I'm looking for. Crossing that bridge oh, is really hard. Yeah. And so we match, and we talk for a few days. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to be in San Francisco this weekend. I'm going to get drinks with my friends on Sunday if you want to meet up after. So I was like, this is Convenient. Best of both worlds. You know, I get to meet you and I don't have to go and leave like my neighborhood. So we chat a little bit more and then the week flies by and we don't talk that much more, which looking back maybe was, maybe I should have dug in a little more, but (laughs) we go. And so Sunday rolls around and we're supposed to meet around 6 p.m. And he texts me earlier. He says, hey, my friend had to leave a little early. I'm ready to meet up whenever, but I understand that, you know, we had plans to meet at 6. So if not, I have my copy of The Economist. So I'm fine. I'll just meet you at the bar later. I'll read for a little while. So bougie. I know. I was like, I read The Economist too, but I don't think I, I found that a little off-putting. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I I would have it in. Yeah, Yeah, just like, no big deal. I brought my Economist. So we're good. Just happened to be in (laughs) pocket all time so intellectual (laughs) um so you know i 
walk my dog, get a little ready, and I walk over. We immediately, there was something off, and I didn't really click with him. Mm. But I was I was there, and I felt like it was really rude to just kind of walk out. So I... We so- have had someone do the five-minute date before on this show that they show up, and they're like, nope, next. You but know, I... It's tough. I think that there <laughs> may be some value to that after ex- this experience. But <laughs> yeah, at the time, I was like, oh, it's super rude. I should just have a beer. Worst case, what's the worst that can happen? Right. And in the back of my head, I was like, well, this guy was studying urban poverty and like in cities and city planning so specifically looking at homelessness in large cities so live in San Francisco it's a huge problem here I was like at the very least I can maybe learn something interesting from this guy absolutely right you know it's a problem that's really hard to solve and we we all face it every day so we chat a little bit and I make what I learned later was the number one rule for a PhD student which is don't ask them about their their dissertation (laughs) (laughs) so thus began my like the world's longest beer pretty much so how long were you there? Do I was there for one beer, but I don't, it felt like so long. I don't know. <laughs> Too long. Um, I guess it doesn't matter the actual time. Right. It's what you perceive. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was probably not even, I'm probably like an hour tops, but. But still, an hour an someone explaining their time. dissertation to you so, yeah. would seem like five years. Yeah. So, you know, I asked him a little bit about what he's studying and like what his focus of his research is. And, you know, as I mentioned before, it was homelessness in large cities. And so I try to interject, oh, you know, I read this really interesting article article about in Salt Lake City, they did this wonderful project and it was really successful. And before I can even get that sentence out, he interrupts me. He's like, oh, that's not something that would work here. Ew. Which, you know, obviously every city is different, but, you know. Right. It's, it's kind pretty, of a conversation. Yeah. I was pretty taken aback by it. I was like, oh, okay. And then he starts to dive into, this is why that wouldn't work. And that's why they're wrong. This would never work here. My study, like what I'm studying is so much more complicated and, you know, just a lot of vomit-inducing thoughts and se- sentences. So I'm starting to get a little a little more uncomfortable with the situation, but still three or four sips into my beer. So it's kind of this weird situation. <laughs> you of, like start chugging. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. Much. <laughs> so that's kind of also like the last time I really got anything in. So he starts talking about his research and all of these things. And I'm like an idiot, keep trying to engage in the conversation, you know, like right. he said something like, oh, there's one shelter bed for every home, 84 homeless people in San Francisco, I think was the number. And that's pretty horrific. They get kicked out every morning and then have to get back in line. It's just this whole thing. And so I interject, oh, well, you know, shelters are, from what I understand, I worked at a homeless shelter, I volunteered for five years at a women's clinic. And what I understood from that was they're not very safe. So a lot of people aren't really that into that. And I, again, what he says is they're not actually that unsafe. I was like, oh, cool. But you're I speaking from experience here. Yeah. And I, was, I didn't realize he was a homeless woman either. So that was <laughs> right. kind of my, I was like, I kind of, for men, it's not, yeah, may not it's like, be really? the same situation. Yeah. So then he, well, you know, I was homeless for a little while. Excuse me? Say what? Yeah, like kind of record screech. And I was like, what's, where, is, where is this going? And he's like, well, you know, for a year, for part of my research, I decided that I wanted to know what it was like to be on the ground in these shelters. So he, he gave up his apartment in Berkeley and moved over to San Francisco and rented a, a place here. But like three days a week would sleep in shelters. So, so he wasn't so he, really hopeless. So he's taking homeless. up space at these uh, shelters that are yes. lacking space exactly. for that his was bougie research. Exactly what I said. And his... <laughs> Because at this 
this point, I'm so mad. He's been just a total asshole for maybe right. 30 minutes. So I say that exactly that. And he's like, well, my research is going to help these people at some point. And continues to just interrupt me. And every sentence is just, I can't get anything in. It's just the epitome of like explaining what homelessness is really like and how difficult it is and like the lack of dignity that these people feel, which I empathize with, but I wasn't really getting it from this guy who is a like cisgender white male who is studying this from Berkeley, which is a completely different perspective. And, and so also I, it's like, I get the, the dedication to research, but you're not homeless. Mm-hmm. Like you have an apartment that you're living in yeah, and five I, days a week. You're yeah. eating for free off of our tax dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> for your like, research. Couldn't you just like go in and observe? But that wouldn't there. be the true experience, according to him. Yeah, because I, I was really <laughs> digging into him at this point because Good. I had very, very little patience left, I guess. And I mean, it, the, he kept telling me lots and lots of stories about all this stuff. But ultimately, he was just so upset about the fact that like I even questioned him too. He was just really digging in and getting very defensive. And he's like, well, you can never understand because well, you, where you grew up and all this stuff too. You know, I was just, it was, it was a lot. What was his reason for getting into this kind of research? You know, I honestly don't know. I think, I think ultimately he's probably not a bad person. I mm-hmm. just think that he has, right. he obviously cares, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a field where he's going to make a lot of money, but it was just, I think his downfall was that he really just stopped understanding and empathizing and just kind of felt like he was the only person that was right and only knew like he wasn't open to any conversation about it. So did you guys like talk about anything else or did like the bare end at that point? I mean, it was really hard for me to get anything else in at that point and he just kind of dug in more and more. I don't know how much detail you want to get me to get into it, but it was... But I didn't pretty much that, and then I chugged my beer, and <laughs> I was trying to leave. And, I mean, ultimately, actually, I was so desperate for an excuse to leave because of just how, like, agitated and weird and uh, uncomfortable I was. I think my excuse was I have to go because I'm planning, like, I was planning a trip to Southeast Asia, and I had to go meet my group on a phone call or whatever. I had already had the phone call. But it was the first thing that came to mind. He was like, oh, well, where are you going? And I was like, oh, wow. Are you actually going to ask me a question about myself wow. on this date? Like, okay. okay. Um, so maybe there's still hope. So I told him where I was going, and he started to tell me where I should avoid, what I should do, oh, make okay. sure. He knows like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, definitely right. don't even bother going to like this part of the country. And like, you should really. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> but, <laughs> Peace. I know. So then, as I'm walking home, he texts me, and he's like, "That was so great. I had such a oh. great time talking to you." Oh my god. Um, love to see you again and I just I don't believe in ghosting I don't condone ghosting I blocked his number because I was like so (laughs) traumatized by like everything that had happened during the date it was just so so stressful and such an unpleasant experience that I also just was like I'm done (laughs) it's so funny how two people can have totally different views of how that date just went Yeah. I went to a Conversation 101 course once and the instructor said the main barometer of how successful a conversation is or how someone views a conversation is how much they got to talk about themselves. Oh, so he probably was like, when when people say I had a really great conversation, they actually Mm, just meant they were able to talk about themselves a lot. That that checks out. And that, I mean, he must have had a great time (laughs) because from his perspective, I was also very polite for the first 
first half of it while I was still right because I'm so like conditioned to just be like okay I'm gonna smile and grin and bear it I'm just gonna get through this beer it would be rude for me to leave why not you know from his perspective I was probably having a really great time you know? right yeah and I mean I'm sure you're not the first girl that he's yeah. basically spent the whole date man splitting it's probably oh, yeah. a very normal occurrence right I was gonna say I wonder how many times he's done this or this is his mo he yeah. just talks about this research on mm-hmm. every date if it's asked so I had like I think the one of the worst dates I've ever been on was similar that different topic that's actually like in retrospect I don't know why I just didn't get up and leave I think if it was in this day and age it was also a while ago I probably would have got up and left but he basically just spent the whole date telling me how terrible women were and like basically he put women into like a couple buckets and like some of them were just like so rude to him and like when he would go to Whole Foods and like try to pick them up they would just ignore him and like all this stuff and just that's really where I want to get picked up it's like Whole Foods (laughs) when I'm in my sweatpants he was like telling me like stories about like how women like wouldn't return like sexual favors for him and just like I think the same thing that I'm just a curious person so I'm like you know what I'm already here yeah so Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna keep asking questions and then at the end of the day he also this is the best day ever yeah and I had the the same reaction the reason I thought of this because I don't very much don't believe in ghosting too but this is the one person when he like reached out I just like couldn't reply to because I was just like I can't ever replay and get that hour back of my life it was honestly like fairly traumatizing looking back at it I laugh now because it is ridiculous I call it my like my homeless date like the date with the homeless guy but (laughs) he was just so agitated by the end of it too I was a little uncomfortable and I couldn't every time I tried to say something I was so obviously wrong that I began to like look at people at the bar like does no one realize that I'm shrinking in my seat like Mm. like dying like where is my knight in shining armor to come rescue me but ultimately I just had to walk away because I was he was just so intense too well I mean in Julie's case insulting women is one thing right but in your case Mindy he's talking about his dissertation a topic that may not be offensive so what do you think bothered you the most about this date so what do you let's take a quick break for a brand new dating app called flutter so get this this app only works on sundays with matches and messaging expiring at midnight so you kind of have to move relationships beyond the app as you all know some of the biggest complaints about dating apps today is the lack of accountability and responsiveness but if you think about it dating apps really should be the icebreaker the tool to make intros and not the place where relationships are meant to live Flutter's limited time window is that special sauce. Their members are encouraged to take their relationships off the app to a place where they will be more responsive. Also, they're currently only in the Bay Area, but they plan on expanding to more cities this year. So download Flutter from the App Store today and experience a refreshing new way to online date. Again, that's Flutter, F-L-U-T-T-E-R. Download the app from the App Store today. Now back to the show. What do you think bothered you the most about this date? I mean, I think ultimately it was his attitude. I was genuinely interested, right? Like mm-hmm. I really did want to learn about what he was talking about, but it was just his like dismissiveness with right. whenever I tried to interject, because you know, a conversation is a two-way street, right? Mm-hmm. If I say, oh, I read this really great article about Salt Lake City and how they did X, Y, and Z with their homeless population. Mm-hmm. Obviously I recognize that Salt Lake City and San Francisco are two very different cities. I don't need you to cut me off, dismiss me, and say like my, my opinions are really invalid. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where yeah. 
yeah. like, hit it. And then he just got very, like I said, I said he got agitated. Like, he just kept getting his, like, his demeanor. He got very upset when he was talking about some of the experiences that he was having when he was homeless. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, homeless. <laughs> um, so I think that's what it was. It was just, like, this weird level of just dismissiveness. And also, like, I was getting a little nervous with how agitated he was becoming, too. Mm. I think people just want to be heard in general. Like, mm-hmm. that goes back to your yeah. study, right? Of, like, when you have a really good conversation, you're the one talking. Yeah. And you'd probably say it a really bad conversation if you didn't get a word out. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like when I've been on dates and it hasn't been necessarily someone like mansplaining, but they'll just kind of keep talking and not really ask you any questions. Yeah. And it just feels like they want like a showroom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's tough because I'm like, is it in a malicious way? Like he might just be like trying to impress or like genuinely just doesn't really see that they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Mm. It could be like nerves. Nerves. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think people are pretty passionate about things that they spend so much of their lives researching and studying. So again, I don't think he's a bad person. I just think that overall, it was just so, it was so hard to just be in a place where you just can't even get a, like a word in. And it's not even just like a, it's a bad first impression. It left a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, I'm no psychologist, but it sounds like he has symptoms of a narcissistic personality. Just mm-hmm. someone who cannot accept someone who is at their level, mm-hmm. who needs to be the one explaining and right. educating all the time. Yeah. And I wouldn't even call this mansplaining. I think this is just someone who thinks that they're above other people Mm -hmm. who feel like they're um, always right and they know more information than you do. This is an interesting statistic. I read a lot about narcissism um, for years because I didn't know if I was dating a narcissist. I didn't know if I (laughs) was attracted to narcissists, but I felt like I was seeing symptoms that were very consistent. And a statistic showed that uh, many narcissists, clinically narcissist personalities end up with a partner who doesn't speak English very well, which is like, bam, that makes so much sense because the other the partner is like um mm-hmm. they can't yes, speak up because they can't really speak up they just oh, yeah. are yeah. always in agreement they're always impressed by what they're saying right that's so interesting isn't that fascinating it makes so much sense though i mean that's a good question like you brought up a good point like i feel like we are quick to say mansplaining mm-hmm. in this time right like when yeah. women there's are a very s- gendered situation there yeah, but it right. could be it could be another he way could just be like too. that with everyone right. right or women i feel like could also be the same for sure theory so it is tough because I think like my instinct too is like mansplaining because that's like the buzzword that you hear all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah, it's very in. Yeah. It's very in. Super in Yeah, like if he was doing the same thing to another man, they would also be very like put off by it probably. Mm-hmm. I wonder though, I felt part of what really stood out to me was his dismissiveness of like when I was saying, you know, I mm-hmm. volunteered in this women's right, shelter. Yeah. Right. And he was like, it's really not that dangerous for women. I was like, it's not, it's really hard for me to like recognize that you understand what the experience is like for a woman right. in these shelters yeah. and for you to have for him to have been so dismissive of my experience as well was kind of kind of played into the mansplaining thing That's a little very bit alarming yeah. To me. yeah yeah i was actually doing some research on mansplaining examples <laughs> for this podcast we did so much research <laughs> but like a few came up and like there was like a big piece of it was like when men talk about experiences like they know a woman's body better mm-hmm. than she mm. does or like even there was one example that i was like oh this is interesting like i would never have thought of this but like if a guy is like smile or you should smile more it's like kind of like telling you how (sighs) your body should behave that's interesting or the other one is like having your field of expertise kind of explained to you so while this wasn't (laughs) necessarily your field of expertise but you had a 
valid point. Yeah. If it was another man, would he have dismissed it as much? I guess mm-hmm. we, don't know, we don't know, but right. like yeah. that's like the other big piece. Or the other is like when situations where women are more like outsiders, like if it's like about like buying a car or like camping mm. or like traditional manly man type things. Mm-hmm. So even if you go camping every week, someone's going to like be like, no, I got it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love when you just hear like a story or see something on Twitter where a man is explaining some concept to a woman and it happens to be like the author of uh, like the leading book of that field or something right, like that. Right. Like, oh, really? That book you're quoting? I, I wrote that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that you have a point there. There's We don't really know whether or not he is like mansplaining, but I do think that there is some level of like, I felt like he didn't take my opinion seriously for right. plethora of reasons. And I do, mm. to your point, I do think he would do a lot better with someone that didn't have, didn't push back on him at all. Right. Who I was did. just extremely impressed by his research and agreed with everything he said. So how do we deal with situations like this that may or may not be mansplaining, but you're on a date where some you feel like it's mansplaining, right? It doesn't even necessarily matter if it is, if you're feeling it. Like, how are ways that, like, people can kind of avoid this? Or I'm sure, Mindy, you fantasize about the scenario over and over, (laughs) because I've had this, and I I go back, and Uh then I think, oh, why didn't I say this in the moment? Why didn't I do this? Yeah. What are some of those fantasies you have? I mean, my biggest fantasy was that I just walked away. Peace out. I'm done. I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, like sometimes, like we've talked to other guests, like we had like a podcast host, Erin Rachel Doppelt, remember Mm -hmm. from Wise Women Podcast, and she coaches women. She's like, if you're not feeling it, just Just fucking leave. It's like sometimes there are situations where it's just not worth your time. And I think to my, like to to what we were talking about earlier about like the five minute date and all these things and how we feel like it's rude. Mm -hmm. I think in my mind, I've been so programmed to be friendly and to be polite Mm. and all this stuff. There's all these things that do come with being a woman. And I think because I just sat there and smiled like politely, like drank my beer for half the beer before I started to actually kind of poke the Mm -hmm. bear back. He still was like, at the end of the day, like, wow, I had such a great time with you. And I was like, (laughs) you had no idea how miserable I was because I wasn't letting off how miserable I was. So I think it would have been really great if I had just been like, I'm done. This is not going to work. And then there's no, like, it's very clear, right? Because then I also still ultimately ghosted him, which, you know, is not great. Right. But if I had just been able to be like, you know what? You suck, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is that productive? Like, no. do, does a person like this take criticism well? Or should we give them some sort of feedback? Because could you end the date and say, you know, I really felt like you were being dismissive on yeah. some, of, some of my experiences. Right. I feel like you were being condescending. Yeah. I think there's value to that to some extent. But I also just think there's some, that's more emotional labor that like, yeah. I don't really want to deal with at this point. But again, this was a few years ago. So maybe there's value in both things. Right? Let me like, change up the scenario then, Mindy. Okay. If a good friend of yours said, Mindy, I have a friend I want you to, I want to introduce you mm-hmm. to. She's new to mm. the city. She is new to the city. Yeah. You guys grab a coffee and this exact scenario happens. What would you do in that <sighs> case? That's interesting <laughs> because there's a level of your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like some social pressure there. You know, I don't know. You know, I would like to say that I would feel the same way. It is a little harder when you're looking at it from a romantic perspective because if I'm looking at the person as a partner that's not what I want in my life on mm-hmm, a day-to-day right. basis I want someone who can meet me at my level who respects my opinion right I'm a very outspoken person if it's a friend of a friend and you know she just needs 
to grab coffee and pick my brain about San Francisco or whatever, I could probably get through it and then just avoid her pretty easily. Because we're more tolerant of that. Yeah. I or mean, just like, I don't have to have her in my life, right? Right. Like, you know, it's just like a favor for a friend if, you know, like one of you asked me, like, yeah, sure. I mean, but, I think the other side of it is like, is their intent bad, right? We're assuming their intent is bad. Mm. Could you, one, let them know like, hey, like, can I get a word in? Like, yeah. call them on it kind of mm-hmm. as you're talking. Like, wait, hold up for one minute. Like, I mm-hmm. have actually worked at a homeless shelter. Yeah. Yeah. I have an opinion that's valid. Like, really yeah. directly call it and see how they react. Because they're, yes, there's a chance that they'll be like, no. Yeah. Or yeah. there's a chance that they're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize I was doing that. Yeah. So there is, like, kind of giving the benefit of the doubt at least once. Yeah, yeah I think that's happening. Fair. Right. Because dates are nerve-wracking, you know? Like, it just, yeah, especially for people know. that I'm pretty extroverted. So I just, I go and I... I'm there. But if you're more introverted, it's a lot more of a, just a whole process of like getting yourself amped for it and like what's going to happen and what's the conversation going to be. So it is totally valid that he was not being malicious at all. And I was just like, oh my God, yeah, this guy. But you also be, have to be true to your own feelings Mm -hmm. and say, I am not enjoying myself on this date. In in fact, I am fucking miserable. I want to get out. Yeah. So why even give them the benefit of the doubt? Because at that point, it's your life. You Mm -hmm. have to control the situation. Yeah. And I think, it taught me a lot about like trusting my gut. Like, yeah. I had that like initial, initial gut reaction. And I, I mean, like, I wasn't just embellishing that for the story after. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but there's some weird vibe here. But I also was just like, you know, benefit of the doubt. You're probably yeah. a nice guy. So might yeah. as well, like, you know, well lit place. You're probably not going to murder me. <laughs> but this is why we condone the phone call before meeting up in person because he would have done this over the phone and you could have just easily hung up that's (laughs) true i mean that's the other thing like like what is that line of too many questions before you ever meet up Mm -hmm. because you don't want to like keep asking questions and never meet the person but also i'm very weary of those people that ask you to meet up like immediately yeah i feel like you need to at least like i don't know what conversation you had with him i know you admitted said like admittedly it could have been a little yeah, longer. we chatted a little, but I think the fact that he was like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Right. And I was just like, okay, like, yeah. you know, why not? And I was pretty newly single at this point. It was maybe like four months after or five months after I had gotten out of a long-term relationship. I'd probably only been on the apps for a few months. Mm. So I was, all, I was still kind of feeling my way through right. the yeah. etiquette and all that stuff. And now I'm, but you're right. Like there's some conversations that just go on forever. And then there's just like the people that are like, hi, you want to meet right now? And so there's right. like this weird happy yeah. line of. I need to know something about you, I think. Yeah, we had a guest, Meredith, that used to work at the League dating app. And I remember she had like a good point that was like, can you do a back and forth banter so you know at least like three solid things about yeah, their life? Right, that's a really good role. Right. It's like, I know like a little bit about you, but there's also some mysteries. So yeah, because you I want meet, something to talk about on right, the date. Yeah. Right. And also you don't want to like form one, but you want to be excited about the date mm-hmm. too. Right. I think that's the other thing. Like some of my best online dates have been people that I've been excited to meet before I got there. It's really funny. Right? Some of my best dates are the ones I have the lowest expectations for. <laughs> I mean, that's the part. Well, that's the part that's tricky. That's the risk you it. take. Though. Yeah. That's the part that's tricky. Cause I remember like my roommate, like when she first tried online dating, she like 
was like in love with this dude. Uh-huh. And I was like, you need to slow your roll a mm-hmm. little. Like, why don't right. you guys meet up first? Yeah. And she came back and he, she's like, he was boring as shit in person. Mm, like, yeah. he was a great, like, messenger, like, you writer. Can meet, the but, worst yeah. is when they you have text banter that's right. 100%. And then you meet and you're like, yeah. Are you because the they're probably person? hiring I mean, a coach to write those messages yeah. for them. <laughs> and that's what makes, da- or some people just need the thought process, yeah, right? For like, sure. they're better when they think. That's mm-hmm. what makes dating online dating really tough yeah it's yeah. because there isn't like a hard fast yeah let's hold that thought for a second we'll get right back to it i wish there was like a list of rules like <laughs> and then everyone can just follow it and there's no you know right just like okay 10 messages if you're not feeling it whatever it is but i mean it is hard because there's so many um like subtle cues and vibes and things too that happen and then you're nervous and it's very like it's very hard like sometimes people are really nervous on their first date but like Mm -hmm, maybe your second or third date you're like wait this guy is actually great which is why it is really hard to do online dating because it's hard to give people that much time when there's so many people like you have your hands in different Mm -hmm, pots and there's mm -hmm. it's just a lot but you know some of my longer relationships were people that the first date I was like well I think so I'm not sure but you're really cool and you're worth a second date and maybe like maybe we can like have a more fun date and it was like they opened up so much more it was more spontaneous you know let's hold that thought for a second we'll get right back to it this episode is sponsored by via we all know there are things that can help set the mood in bedroom but did you know a little thc could also do that yes via has developed a unique blend of pleasure enhancing cannabinoids libido strengthening herbs and a low dose of thc all into one mind-blowing gummy called high love This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning dream THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think what's important with dating nowadays is because people are so ambivalent about first dates, they kind of walk away and they think, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Could go on a second date. Could go either way. I think it's better to walk away from a date with a very strong opinion.、Yeah. I rather ha- go away from a date and say I will never want to see this、so、person again. So you're saying the mansplainer is killing it then? I, no, I'm <laughs> saying actually he did he did、yeah. you a favor. But did I, he do himself a favor? He did. Well, maybe he did do himself a <laughs> he favor. He's someone that's going to be able to put up with that if that's the type of person that he is, right? You know, I don't know him. I'm just going to take a guess by by virtue of him saying he's. Reading the Economist while he's waiting for you, I bet he's the type of guy who goes to his friends and says, "I need a girl who's really intellectual, who's at my intellectual level." But、and、actually, then, but actually, no. I just need a girl who just nods her head and、yeah. and tells me I'm right and I'm the best thing to ever happen、mm-hmm. to her.、Right. So I think it's important to go on these dates. I don't. I mean, like, yes, in hindsight, it was agitating and. It's annoying to rethink what happened, but at the same time, I think you walked away knowing a, f- a couple things.、Mm-hmm. One is you don't ever want to see this person again, <laughs> but two, you're aware of next time when I'm talking about something I know、uh, a lot、yeah. about, how I should present、mm-hmm. myself and allow room for the other person to also talk and to have a conversation,、yeah. and not just dismiss their opinions, even if it's something that you may know ten times more、oh, than、yeah. they do, but they could have a valid point of view or. Something you've never thought about, like yeah. I mean, if he was a real researcher, he would have openly enjoyed another perspective. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, I, like for your situation, I my biggest fantasy is what if in the middle of the date you just you whipped out your dissertation. You're like, bam! I thought you finished a B- PhD in this as well. And by the way, I have London Breed on the phone、yeah. right now. Do you want to talk to her? Do you want to ask her how safe the shelters are? And the mic drop. Get the fuck out、yeah, of there!、Oh、like、God. that's the ultimate. But、oh, yeah. so have you ever been on a Date that just like mansplained or did something that was like no. The only time because I was thinking about this while you guys were talking about your stories, the only time something similar happened to me was I went on a date with a guy who before the date he was very good about telling me what he likes and what he doesn't like. So for example. I had to cancel our first date because I had a meeting that came up last minute, and he said I really don't like last minute changes.、Mm. But if you are serious about going out with me again, you are the one. It, the onus is on you. So I like that. I like that. Yeah, because he's like. If you want to make this happen, you make it happen. So we made it happen. But on the date, the first thing he said to me was, "I asked him how he was, and the first thing he said to me was how depressed he was, and how <laughs> he just like gave, gave me this whole story about how he was at a at a phase in his life where he didn't he was lost and he was a little depressed and he, his sister was also depressed and he was just like、yeah. in limbo. It was just TMI for、mm-hmm. a first date, yeah,、mm. and it didn't live up to." Sort of like the commanding confidence that he had before going into、yeah. the date. So that's also like kind of the opposite, right? Like, yeah, that's interesting. I that is the opposite. I just don't. I felt like his therapist because I、oh, yeah, spent、right. an hour of me being asking him questions like, "How do you feel? What made you feel this way? What's the root cause?"、Oh, I'm like, "What the fuck?" I should invoice him. Stuff. Nothing. I think Nothing. that's the part that's really tough. Yeah. 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 Always,、it's, you always want to know. You want to learn about the other person, but it's a two-way street, yeah, right? Yeah. And this isn't I, just men, men doing it.、Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Women. I've heard so many men complain that women don't ask them shit. Yeah. No. And it's like them just asking questions and putting on a show. 
you know what I would have loved to do Ooh. now that I'm thinking about this? Because <laughs> I would have loved to have quizzed him and asked him, like, what three things could you tell me about me? Ooh, I after know. This day? Like, I'm oh thinking God. about that too. <laughs> like, do you know anything about me that you didn't learn from my dating profile that like, or, you learned today? Or instead of saying, uh, instead of a leading question like that, hide it in another, like, basically ask him this question. So, what was it about me that made you want to go out Ooh. with me? Yeah. And see what he says. Because、yeah. I'm super curious what drew you to him in the first、right. place.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just a warm body to listen to. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, like well, he asked me if I could hear. <laughs> But no, I mean, that's a really good point, right? Like, I think I actually did go on a date once where we, like, jokingly at the end of the night, he was like, tell me five things about me. And I was like, and I, I did. And he was like, can you tell me? He's like, yeah. And so I was like, oh, that was、That's、kind, kind of, of a fun. Yeah,、like. exactly. But it, I mean, yeah, like it's just, you know, it's, it is a two way street on a conversation. And a date is like an interview, right? You're right. kind of just, you want to meet this person, you want to get to know this person. If I walk out and I have no idea if you know anything about me, but you still want to hang out with me, what does that say about you? Right. Well, I think、huh. sometimes people too, like we've talked about this before, a date. You're really just trying to get to know another person.、Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, I do think some of this mansplaining, not to like reduce it, but I do think some of it comes from like trying to impress also.、Mm-hmm. Like、mm-hmm. I think there's a side that's like, I'm a know it all versus there is a side that's like, I want to make a good impression.、Yeah. I want to feel like I know a lot about a certain topic. Because、right? you are trying to impress the person.、Exactly. You're trying to convince the person that you're like, Worth、right. seeing again, and like everyone's very busy, and everyone's、right. time is extremely valuable. But、so. would you do that, like with that girl that you were getting coffee with? Like, would you, spe- would you spend the whole time like just talking about yourself to like、mm. someone of the same sex that you have no romantic interest、mm-hmm. in?、Yeah. Right. So I think this is something for the dating apps to really be accountable for. All they do right now is they're responsible for the match, and、mm-hmm. they, they throw you out in the wild, and shit just happens, and they don't. Give a, they、yeah. don't give a damn. What if there was like closing of the loop? There is、feature. on Hinge. They ask you if you've met the、yeah. person and what you think of them. Oh, really? But it's anonymous. Yeah, it doesn't give them feedback. Which I think is probably for the best. But <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I'm going to pull it up right now because I'm just curious. I don't think they ask you like why. They just say, did you meet? Right.、It's、and like, then would you, you see them again? I think. And then does that. Wh- what do, do they do with that feedback? I don't know. I think I they, they say it's to quote unquote make your ma- like help、okay. recommend better matches to you. So it's but- really for you. So this is what it's like. Says. You're not getting、it、the says, feedback.、No. Did you meet this? Learning your type. So it's really it's the Amazon model. Just asking if this is the type of person you'd see again. And then we hope it works. I think they scrape、out. for like phone number. If you if they、mm. if they see digits yeah, yeah. in the message, they, and like a week later they're like, "Hey, did you meet?"、Mm. Well, I just marked someone I didn't meet that I、yeah. met in this test. Oops, Oops. <laughs> sorry, Hinge. <laughs> But I gave them great the feedback. So, <laughs> but it would be good to like, what if there was a star system, one to five? After、yeah. your date, you can you could rate them, and then it'll say list three things you learn about them,、mm-hmm. and then would you want to see them again? If there's a match, then your responses get shared,、mm-hmm. so you see what the other person responds back with the three things they learn about you. If there is no match that you、But、don't want to, then you just you never get nothing.、It. Yeah. Or you could get it like aggregate, so it doesn't reflect to one person. Because I could see things kind of like, like how like, Lyft feedback is not、yeah. anonymized a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it's like you get like a rating. You get like the rating system. I don't want to know my rating. I wouldn't want to know my rating because I'm so pissed about my Uber rating. Four point six five or whatever. Dating rating. This is dangerous. I think that that would be uh, slightly problematic. But I do think that there is value in that like feedback loop, right? Because there's so many rules. It's like, do I text you? Do I text you the next day? Like, I'm like, I, I honestly just like really like when. I get like a follow up text. Yeah, like that totally. if I had a good date, like yeah. if you get home and like something funny happened to you in your lift ride and you tell me about it, yeah, like, that, I like that. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, this guy is totally yeah. crazy. There's so many weird unwritten rules about how to do it. So like I think that would actually help some people if you wanted to opt into that of just be like, yeah, I did like this person, but I'm a little nervous about how to go about it. Yes. Or, or if you like got the positive rating from them, you'd be like, okay, this is a I go. should text them. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, if, for your example, you went on Bumble to meet this guy. What if the next time you open Bumble, in order to use Bumble again, you have to mm-hmm. give some sort of feedback about this current date? Yeah, and like then he doesn't even have to text you, and then he, you don't have to ghost him. It's yeah, like a win-win. Exactly. Win. Yeah, and then he gets some feedback. <laughs> I don't know. I could see that being dangerous, though. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't it is dangerous. want a guy to get the feedback and, like, know who I am, know my name, like, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So. I feel maybe like not having the feedback, but maybe having just the yay or nay. Yeah, like yay or nay. Enough. That's it, and that's you another to, match. Mm-hmm. You know, it would eliminate ghosting, which is a huge problem. That's of true. Dating, so yeah. very true. I think there's room for improvement for sure. But <laughs> so the takeaway is, we stumbled upon a new feature that we well, should implement. <laughs> before before now, call us if you want. Yeah. We'll talk it through it. So before we go into takeaways, if you were to give this guy feedback, let's say the band Splainer, mm. ooh homeless guy mm-hmm. was to come on the show. He's in the closet right now. He's in now. the closet. He's yeah. been sleeping there for a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> He's still homeless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you say to him if you were on a sit down? What would you say to him? Let's take a break for our wonderful sponsor, BetterHelp. Mental health is so important because it's totally infused into our daily lives, especially when it comes to dating. Now with BetterHelp, it is much easier to find online counseling and find an outlet to discuss your journey. I am so grateful I found BetterHelp. I make it a habit to talk to my therapist regularly because sometimes I just really need to talk things out. BetterHelp's therapists specialize in relationships, depression, and other areas that need TLC. Everything stays confidential and with thousands of licensed therapists, you'll definitely find the best fit for you. For Dateable listeners only, get 10% off your first month with a discount code Dateable. Simply go to betterhelp.com slash Dateable, fill out a quick questionnaire to help assess your needs and get matched with a therapist. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Dateable and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Now back to the show. If you're an honest sit down. I mean... I would probably, to your point, be like, you were pretty dismissive about mm-hmm. every, everything that I had to say, regardless of whether I knew what I was talking about or not. You know, there's room for that. I'd tell him maybe not to open with, well, when I was homeless, as a <laughs> sentence that you say on a first date. Like, that's just, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. I understand, like, people go through different times in their life, but it's just a very jarring statement to right, hear yeah. on a date. But really, it was more just about his dismissiveness, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. right. It could have been any that, topic, but yeah, the yeah, dismissiveness. I understand the desire to be heard, but mm-hmm. it's also, you know, kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoes and being like, they probably have a similar desire and I'm there to try to get to know you, but you should also be there to try to get to know me. I'm not like yeah. your sounding board so you can just be talking right. about how great you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That would be good feedback. I、mm-hmm. hope he's listening right I now. I hope you are listening. And if you ever want to give a lecture about homelessness in San Francisco, we love to have you on the show. No, just kidding.、Don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Contact Mayor London Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. I mean, I think like takeaways is definitely like this whole piece of like there is another person there. At the end of the day, like this is like a connection you're、mm-hmm. trying to form. And I think you could limit your work to like a very small portion and try to diversify the topics、yeah. on a、mm-hmm. date when it feels like it's like ninety nine percent about one person or one topic that the other person doesn't really know much about. It、mm-hmm. just doesn't lend itself to make someone feel comfortable、mm-hmm. and feel like they were heard and they got equal airtime. I guess. Yeah, I think the main takeaway I have is it stems back to my dating coaching days when clients would come to. Me and say my struggle with dates is that I'm not able to get all my talking points out because、mm-hmm. I want this person to know that I'm this, this, and this, and I accomplished this, this, and this. Everyone's so concerned about getting their sound bites out. They've forgotten that the point of dating is to learn.、Mm-hmm. So I always say, switch it around. Your focus on dates is—it's not to bring your publicist with you and、right. sell you to the other person. Your goal should be to learn something new.、Mm-hmm. So what if our goal? For every date that we go on, is to learn three things new—not just about that person, just three general things that are new to you that、right. you learn on this date. Then we would go in with a much more conversational mindset versus trying to get your talking points out. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. I was just joking with somebody that I'm like, if I'm going to be out there dating, I'm going to I. Want to learn something? Learn you know? shit.、Like、I got a new podcast with this guy, and then yeah, I learned that I don't like dating homeless PhD students <laughs> with this guy.、Um, but you have a point, right? Like if you're more open minded about it, then you can really actually start to get to know someone, and it kind of flows naturally too. Like if you learn something about them, you can say, "Oh, well, this is how it relates to this accomplishment that I had." If、right. you really want to get it right. out, right? It right. Just, It's not like don't bring your resume to my date, right? Like、yeah. I just want to get to know you. You don't need to、right. sell yourself. No, you should just naturally do it through the flow of conversation.、Mm-hmm. Even with the homeless guy, I learned something new. I learned that you don't have to prove that you're homeless to be in a shelter. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. But I think like it's the point too, like this trying to impress. And to your point earlier, Yue, that you brought up of that study、mm-hmm. is like people judge a good conversation of how much. They contributed、mm-hmm. also, yeah. So in a way, you're actually like impressing more by letting someone have that airtime and the ability、mm-hmm. to be heard and have that like open conversation than if you're just like spewing out your resume. Yeah, yeah. That's what your dating profile is for. That's when you get your you、right. know list out whatever you need to do. That's what your LinkedIn is for. People can search for all of that、yeah. before your date. Everyone's searching for you、yeah. anyway, especially、right. women to men to make sure you're a safe human being. Yeah. So, but like something like what you said, Mindy, you volunteering at a women's clinic is not something that is searchable. That's not something、mm-hmm. on your LinkedIn、right. or your profile. So that's interesting to get that kind of. Gold out of someone on a date, I think that's a sign of success. And you were you were saying it because you were trying to relate. To yeah. Him. yeah, you were just like spitting that out、exactly. of nowhere, like it was relevant. So I think those are the best dates where like the conversation just like ping pongs, and、mm-hmm. you're not thinking about like what are the five things、how、I need I to get drop in this, in into this conversation. You know, how do I steer the conversation to exactly so that I can do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Do we have time for a question of the day? Let's do it. Question of the day comes from Jackson. 
So he said, I went on a date recently with a girl and I found myself talking a lot throughout the date because it was hard to get her to engage in conversation. I would ask her a question, she would give me a one word answer back, and then I just felt like I had to keep talking. However, the date did not result in a second date, so I'm wondering if I could have done something differently. Do you have any advice? Mm, That's really hard. I mean, I think it goes back to what we said, that it's a two-way street, Mm -hmm. so it's tough because she might have felt like you were dominating the conversation, but like if you're not giving someone anything to work with, yeah. like there's only so much they can do also. I almost empathize more with him because I think if you're not giving them anything to say, that's just silence. No one wants to sit in silence on the first mm-hmm. date. That's like most people's nightmare. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it kind of just indicates that she either was super nervous or wasn't feeling wasn't feeling it right if she's not giving him more like unless she's an extremely shy introverted person it might take her a little bit longer to open up but I don't know it just it's there's not a lot you can do when no one's giving you anything to work with some people it takes them a while to get any sort of substance out Mm -hmm. of them but it's also not your job to pull teeth like that so it is a sign of two people not clicking Mm -hmm. and it's a sign of unmatch yeah unmatch people It's good that Jackson tried to ask questions because I think like sometimes people just expect like the other person will volunteer info. But I wonder like how it was approached not to put Jackson down in any way. Mm -hmm. But like if it was just like peppered questions, like that could have been Mm off-putting also. So maybe it was like how could you like lean into it differently to make someone feel comfortable in some way. So Mm. again, we weren't at the date. We weren't there. So it's like hard to fully say. But I think just like being conscious of people have different uh, ways that they communicate. They have different like openness on a first date. Mm -hmm. And then also to kind of the points we made earlier, sometimes you just need to cut your loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think also maybe something to be cognizant of is also just, you know, where was the date? How was the conversation before? Was it great? And then she showed up and shut down. Mm -hmm. Maybe like maybe that's not like her not being interested or maybe that's her not being comfortable in like in a bar setting or in a restaurant setting or something. Right. right? Like just being aware of that. But there's not really much. I think you're to your point. You're right. Like I don't think there's a lot that we could have done. He could have done differently at that point. The one thing I'm thinking of, though, is I'm thinking of that date, the whim date that Mm -hmm. you went on. And yeah, like I feel like we had an episode where UA actually went on a date with someone and we got both perspectives. He called you out and asked, like, is there something that's bothering you like what's been what's really going on or like gave me feedback Mm -hmm. i feel like you're not really opening up yeah what's going on with something like what how can we make this date more comfortable and i like that though it i liked it because i feel like i like that type of personality some people may be a little bit sensitive to it but i don't think there's anything wrong with asking for feedback in the middle of the date how are you feeling are you comfortable yeah do you feel like we're clicking or right. you know like it, or do you want to go to a different place yeah. do you want to go yeah. for a yeah. walk like um very recently my roommate went on a date and on our way there she was i think it was a second date and she the first date was great and on the way there she was a little nervous and she's like i don't know i just don't want to he's gonna be late and i don't want to hang out in a bar and i was like she's like is it too late to cancel and i was like just tell him to say like hey yeah. i'm you know feeling a little anxious or if i have a headache it would be really great if we can do something else and mm-hmm. they did and they just like you know went for a walk they wandered around they right. chatted like they didn't That's need great. to go sit in a bar and it was just like a lot of feedback's really important like if you're nervous or if you're not feeling up for something or 
just giving people the honest feedback is really helpful because odds are the other person wants to accommodate you if they're right. going out of their way to meet you mm-hmm. then yeah i mean this girl could have been not feeling well there could have been a zillion things there mm-hmm. could have been something in her personal life there could have been so many pieces i guess at that point what do you have to lose yeah, yeah. maybe it would be worthwhile i don't know how long it's been but just sending a follow-up if you haven't already and just say like i don't know just asking what happened you know maybe yeah. it's too late maybe it's not but yeah just be more observant and letting the other person know that you care because you're spending time together. Mm-hmm. Oh, dating, isn't it so much fun? <laughs> so much guesswork, mind so reading. Guesswork. We're all trying to be psychics here. I think this person's feeling this way. Why can't we just ask? Yeah. Why can't we just say these things? It, it just boggles my mind that we, we can step back and say everything we want to say, but then in the moment, we just can't. Mm-hmm. We can talk about it on a podcast. We talk- <laughs> to hundreds and thousands of people, yeah. but to that one person where it actually matters, we just can't. Yep. For some reason, we can't. People bring don't like being vulnerable. It. It's very scary. Or being totally honest. Yeah. I guess it's really hard. And also, just like how to deliver, how how to filter. Yeah. Out your comments. Well, I think it's really tough this day and age too, because you just don't know if you're ever going to see this person again. Right. Like to be super vulnerable, like. If you're like, oh, I think I'm having a great date, and then they're gonna ghost me, mm-hmm. like you might not want to start to pull- build up a wall too, exactly, yeah. which is is not good either mm-hmm. because you need to like be vulnerable and yeah. have that openness to meet that person that will return it. But it is tough. Then that's like the downside of all these like bad dates. Like if you go on too many mansplaining dates or whatever, yeah, you start <laughs> to get jaded, and I think that's the part that like makes dating really tough. Yeah. So it's like, how do you like balance the two? Yeah, we just have to be nice to each other. Maybe that's the biggest takeaway is after every date, end it in a way that if you were able, if you were to run into this person again, that you feel comfortable saying hi to them. I went out with Leon a few nights ago. We had Leon as a guest (laughs) on our show, who is uh, one of the most popular, unpopular guests we've had. He talked about all the women he's burned in the past. And he's burned many women in San Francisco. So wherever we go, especially if there's a party, he has to look at the guest list because he has to look at all the women that he may have dated and burned in the past. San Francisco is too small of a city for that. But but even like this happens in New York, this happens in London, this happens in any city where you date, right? Right. Because you never know when you're going to run into someone. And I would hate to be Leon because there are so many places he can't go to, so many parties he's banned from because he's so afraid of running into this girl or this girl. So why don't we date in a way that we can walk away and say, even though there was no romantic connection, we ended it in a way that if I were to run into this person again, it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah you don't I mean, have to like walk into a grocery store and then immediately like walk out. out because you right. can't go in there. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not saying this is again on you, but like you could have, like when he did text, be like, hey, like it was really interesting learning about your study. I'm just looking for someone yeah. that will kind of let me also be heard. Yeah. Yeah. And it. Exactly. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop right there. And then there. next time you see him, you just wave at him. You're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or send a picture of you in London Breed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, opening our new homeless shelter for women. <laughs> Safe homeless shelter for You're like, women. I'm, I'm sharing your dissertation with yeah. London Breed right now. And he's like, <laughs> that's what you should have texted about. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Major mic drop. 
I love it. This is a great conversation. End of the day, it's we have to treat each other like human beings. How、mm-hmm. we would treat friends, how we treat family. Dating is no different. I don't know why we put it in a different category,、right. but these are humans that we're spending time with. They may just be a little bit different, and that's、yeah. that is perfectly okay. I think okay. it's the perception like this is a random person from the internet. Still,、mm-hmm. even though online、yeah. dating and dating apps are so prevalent, there's this feeling like. I'm never gonna see this person again. And like,、yeah. guess what? If you live in a small city, I've run into so many freaking、oh, people、yeah. that I've gone on dates with before. And sometimes, I, like, I ran into the women hater、mm-hmm. multiple times. He lived,、oh, he lived on my street. Oh no! Like, literally,、mm-hmm. I ran into him so many times, and I would like do the duck because I'm like, I don't want to deal with this.、Yeah. But、yep. like, you're gonna see this person again. So it's like, how do you just end it in a way that that is comfortable? Friendly. It's, like, it's, it's nice. It's kind of why I liked for a little while when I think it was Hinge and Bumble both would show you if you had mutual friends in common because、mm-hmm. it holds、yeah. you accountable. You can't、mm-hmm. just ghost someone if they have if you have forty friends in common with them. You're probably going to see、right. them again, and it forces us to see them as people and not just these random strangers on the internet because it's a little bit more anonymous that way, and you can't、yeah, get、true. away with it. To end this episode on that note, I think you can also politely tell someone、mm-hmm. like that this was not a good date. Yeah. They, yeah. Like, there's no reason you should like put up. A friendly face to this guy, like you、yeah. could have politely just been like, "I'm looking for someone that's going to respect me." Yeah, done. So <laughs> here is a challenge to everyone who's listening right now. We talk a lot about what not to talk about on dates or what not to do on、mm. dates, but I think this question we get all the time, which is, "What does a great date conversation sound like? What are people talking about?" And most people would say, "Oh, the conversation just flowed. We never had any dead air. It was just..." It just felt like we had known each other forever. But what does that actually sound like? Yeah. So who's willing to take on a challenge of getting on a phone date with someone and we record it just to, just so we can hear? I love what、it. a great date, even over the phone. Would sound like so. If you're up for the challenge, definitely reach out、I、to us.、It. Datablepodcast.com. Yeah. yeah. Shall we wrap this up? Anything、yeah. else? No, that's it. I think yeah. Fantastic. Everyone, go on some great dates. Have some great conversations. Don't talk about homelessness.、Yeah. That's it. I mean,、Easy. honestly, like <laughs> I do think I'd love to like just record a date because it's like funny because even I'm thinking of like my dates and it's like、mm-hmm. since you're like now removed from it, you can't、oh, yeah. play it back fully. Yeah, there are a lot of great people out there. I think it's like we can't let these like one eggs、oh, yeah. out there like put people like make、yeah. people unsure. But I think the best dates are like when you're seen and heard.、Mm-hmm. It's a two way street.、Mm-hmm. Like. Think it's and you like, learn something new, and you're like getting to a little deeper level too. Yeah, I think that's like I know it's like vague, but I think like if you're like somehow telling someone something that you would not necessarily know, yeah, or maybe it's even beyond their, their online right, profile, yeah, or maybe it's something just their like closer friends know. It doesn't need to be like. I've been depressed for months. Like it doesn't need to go to that <laughs> level. Like I think a first date, like there's still a level,、yeah. right? But I think it's nice to like, what are things that you share with your closer friends、mm-hmm. that you could potentially share with this new person and let them feel like you're bringing them into your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Awesome. We're gonna wrap this up. Well, thank you very much, Mindy, for course, sharing. Thank you for having me. <laughs> an open, candid conversation about all of this. I feel like I learned three new things about you. Yes. So, this date <laughs> was a success. <laughs> Did、um, we make you feel heard? I did feel heard. Thank you. And I learned so much too. We didn't mansplain you. I will text you for a second day. All right. All right. <laughs> Wrapping this up. I'm staying dateable. 
The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Stay dateable.